the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bud Light Post Game Show. It's John Bedell and John Tisdale, the Dayton Flyers. A winner, 74-62 in Philadelphia. The 12-point victory gets Dayton to 19-8 overall, 11-3 in 8-10 play. As of this very moment, they gained a half game on Davidson. They tip at Chaffetz Arena against the St. Louis Billikens at the bottom of the hour. If Davidson should drop, we're going to have a three-way tie for first place atop the 8-10 between the Wildcats, Flyers, and the VCU Rams. But for now, Dayton, John Tisdale, Larry Hansgen said it in the pregame. This had landmine written all over it. This Hawks team is not very good. Their net ranking is 165. That meant today as a road game against a 135 to 240 opponent was a quad three game. Dayton avoids stepping on the landmine. It was a game that they had to take care of business. Um, they're in a stretch where they've got to do that, Tiz, because as we've talked about for many, many months now, because of the November they had, they have left themselves no uh, wiggle room for error. They've got no room for error going forward. This is the kind of game they had to put away, especially if they've got aspirations of trying to win the Atlantic 10 regular season title. Uh, this keeps them in striking distance of that, and they just continue to put bad, poor A-10 teams away. Uh, in convincing fashion, just in the at the end of the day, Tizzy, a ho-hum 12-point win on Hawk Hill. Absolutely, and that's really the bottom line here as the uh, Flyers get the job done. I mean, look, they had five players in double figures this afternoon. Deron Holmes, 18 points. Mally Smith, a solid game, 16 points and 10 rebounds. A double-double was four assists, four assists shy of a triple-double. Kobe Elvis, 13 points. Tamati Kamara with 12. Kobe Brea had another solid game, 10 points. He's he's a guy that's coming on uh, and playing pretty well here, uh, coming off two solid games against uh, Rhode Island and against St. Joseph's today. But look, John, bottom line is Dayton got it done. This was a solid team team performance, and yeah, it was sloppy at times. You know, Josh Pastorino noted that uh, throughout the broadcast and during the during the uh, during uh, during his uh, post game comments, as you heard with Larry. But the Flyers took care of business this afternoon. Dayton's defense, I thought, was terrific today. Uh, they limited Jordan Hall, uh, St. Joseph's leading score, to nine points. Taylor Funk, who absolutely obliterated Dayton last year, I think, what, 36 points? St. Joe's made 18 three-pointers. Taylor Funk had only four points for the entire game, and that was on a four-point play in the first half alone. And... St. Joe's only had a came into this game averaging nine main three pointers a game. Larry Hanskin noted that in the uh, pregame show, they made eight for for the whole game. So Dayton's defense, they were focused today and they got the job done. Yeah, historically this has been a very tough place for the Dayton Flyers program. They are now two and ten in their last twelve on Hawk Hill, but today they get the job done, exercising some of those St. Joe's demons. What is Head coach Anthony Grant, think about this 12-point win. You're about to find out because he is live in Philadelphia with Larry Hansgen with his thoughts on this win on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back in Philadelphia where the Dayton Flyers defeat St. Joseph 74-62 to the court with Coach Grant brought to you by Pickrell, Schaefer, and Emling, the only law firm you'll ever need. Find out more at pselaw.com. Coach, sometimes you can look at a, a good player's stat sheet and see some numbers say, well, he had a bad game. 
But I, I, I look at Taylor Funk held to four points. I look at uh, Jordan Hall, nine points on 3-11 shooting. I look at St. Joe's only making eight threes, and I say Dayton played good defense. Yeah, I thought we were really good. You know, coming into the game, the emphasis was on being able to limit their opportunities at the three-point line. You know, Taylor Funk is, is one of the elite shooters in the country, and uh, I thought our guys understood the scouting report and understood what we needed to do today, made it really difficult for him to look at a stat sheet and see him only getting up two threes in the game. That was huge for our cause. The guys did a great job of taking those away and then making it difficult for their other guys. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, and when they get it going, they can really change a game. So our guys understood uh, that aspect of it. Then I thought we did a really good job of playing with pace, understanding where we had advantages. And, uh, you know, basketball is always a game of runs. They had a couple of runs there. We were able to answer those runs with a level of resiliency and finish the game out. Getting back to playing with pace, and I know that you love to push the ball, but were there times when it was best to play with not just pace but with patience yeah. and break them down? Yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, for a young team, understanding the difference. Like, we, we can play quick without being in a hurry. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought we did a really good job of recognition at times tonight, taking advantage of some things that we had, especially on the interior. And other times we, we were we were kind of out of sorts a little bit and got bailed out a couple of times where guys made plays and other times uh, we didn't. But uh, that's a part of the growth. And that, that's why I still say this team has a lot of room to grow, you know, as they continue to learn what it takes. And But I thought, you know, the, 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 the storyline of today was, um, you know, our guys' understanding of what they needed to bring on the defensive end. Um, and what we needed to be able to take away from this team, who's who's a very, very talented offensive team. You know, they, they can put up numbers on you. So when I look across the board and see 62 points that we gave up today um, and made it difficult for them, you know, at the three-point line, I think they've been averaging over 33s a game over the last three games, you know, where they've had a chance to win all of those games. Um, you know, we did a really good job today. You, before the game we talked, you said that running down long rebounds was going to be a key. Yeah. Malachi Smith had 10 rebounds for really? today. He, wow. he had a double double with 16 points, 10 rebounds. But he wasn't getting those at, at he wasn't getting those out on the perimeter. He was he was getting it down underneath. Well, he, he's a he's a competitor, you know. And he, he went out and he made plays on, on both sides of the ball for us tonight. And uh, you know, I thought tonight, you know, our team, it, it was really a team effort. You mentioned at the beginning, you know, um, about how the stat sheet doesn't really always tell you everything. You know, I, I look at a stat sheet and I think uh, I don't have my glasses, but it looks to me. Uh, that R.J. got up one shot today. But R.J. was the primary defender on, on, on Funk and did an unbelievable job today. We had other guys that stepped up, uh, you know, uh, uh, Hall for them. You know, it was an elite talent. and We made it very difficult for them tonight. So, you know, what, what we take a lot of pride in is the things that don't necessarily show up on the stat sheet in terms of points and things like that. But when guys are willing to sacrifice and do what they need to do to help the team be successful, that's huge. So we have a lot of heroes that the stat sheet's not telling a story about today. All right, Coach. It'll be good to be back home on Wednesday. Awesome. Thanks. That does, that does wrap things up here as Dayton will be back home Wednesday taking on UMass, uh, one of only two home games remaining. So don't miss out on that. And, uh, of course, we'll have all the action between now and then. Uh, we'll talk with Coach Grant Moore Monday night, the Anthony Grant Show at Frickers and Woodman Drive from 7 to 8. On behalf of Josh Pastorino here in Philadelphia, I'm Larry Hanskin. Again, our final score. Dayton 74 and St. Joseph 62. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.
The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Care Source, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub. For all of your UD Flyer game day food and drinks, check out the newly remodeled Flanagan's on Stewart Street. Enjoy that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Hey, everybody. Dayton a winner tonight. 74-62. A 12-point win gets the Dayton Flyers to 19-8 overall. More importantly, at this point of the year, it gets them to 11-3 and in Atlantic 10 play. They keep pace atop the conference standings. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback this afternoon talking about a Dayton win. John Tisdale, as we talked about a little bit in the postgame show, historically, Hawk Hill has not been kind to the Dayton Flyers. Dayton has now won twice in their last 12 tries in that arena where that stupid Hawk runs around like figure eights. Uh, but today, the most important thing, Tiz, with Dayton somehow peering through that open at-large window right now, they avoid stepping on the landmine, and they take care of business with this 12-point win. That's their second straight road win, and Dayton has now won three of their last four away from UD Arena in Atlantic 10 play. Absolutely. Look, Larry Hanskin described this in the pregame show. This was an absolute landmine of a game and critical for Dayton to finish in the top four in the A-10 and for any discussions of an at-large berth in uh, in the NCAA tournament. And Dayton had to, had to get it done today, and they did. And you heard from Coach Grant. Uh, uh, he was really praising Dayton's defense today. Dayton's defense really set the tone, really, from the beginning until really the end of this game. Uh, talking about Dayton doing a good job of handling the scouting report, playing with a good pace, and limiting the Hawks at three-point line. And, John, he really praised the uh, the defense of R.J. Blakeney on Taylor Funk and also the defense that was done on Jordan Hall and taking pride of what does not show up on the stat sheet. So that's really what I'm really taking away from this one is that Dayton's defense really did the job um, in this game, giving up 62 points and limited them only to eight three-pointers just under their average of nine. So, Dayton's defense really got it done, and the 74 points with five players and double figures 
they got it done shooting uh over 54% for the game. So this was a this was a good performance for the Flyers and to get two road wins this week. Yeah, they shoot on the season tiz at a 33 almost 34% clip from beyond the arc to the Hawks and that was something that you heard Josh Pastorino point out in the pregame here on WHIO Radio that that St. Joe's they have to make threes to be able to win. And Anthony emphasized that as well. Hey, in the in the postgame, he said, look, on the scout, our defensive emphasis was running them off the three-point line. I think they did a good job, as Anthony said, taking those away because when you un when you take away the three-point line, Tiz, from this edition of this St. Joe's Hawks team, you really unplug them. You totally unplug their offense because when they get it going, they can be tough. Uh, when they can't shoot the three ball, they're really going to have a hard time winning the game. So kudos to Dayton for as you mentioned, the defensive effort here today, um, because uh, Tiz, this this team under Anthony Grant, they just keep, it, they've got one of the, if not the weirdest resumes across the entire landscape of college basketball. I mean, if you draw a line from that, the when they left for Orlando on, they really don't have a bad loss to speak of. I mean, at George Mason is probably not great, but it's not a total killer like those three quad four games at the start of November. But Tizzy, what impresses me about Anthony Grant teams is, unlike some certain previous regimes, they put away road wins in conference play. I mean, Tiz, they just keep winning tough road games. And it, as we talk about, road wins in college basketball, you take them where you can get them. And as Larry talks about so often on our airwaves, it's one of the hardest things to do in sports is to win uh, a conference road game in college basketball. And this yeah. Dayton team, I mean, they've dropped, what, two road games this year? I mean, it's they just keep and they just and, you know play, yeah they just keep putting them away. They've dropped at George Mason and they dropped at VCU. Uh, I'm sorry, that was versus VCU. Yeah, they just dropped the one road game. Tis at George Mason's. Oh, and St. Louis too. Right at St. Yes. Louis at George Mason. So they've dropped two of their road games so far. I mean, they just on one hand you can say, well, you know, they're supposed to beat awful teams like Duquesne and GW uh, and St. Joe's on the road, uh, but it's hard to do, Tiz, and they. They've they've just smacked around bottom feeders like the Dukes, like the Colonials. They've won tough road games against a gritty Rhode Island team on Monday night that had just gotten Davidson a couple nights earlier. And now you go and really, for the most part, they controlled this one for the most of the game against St. Joe's. I mean, it's impressive that they keep stacking up these road wins. Yeah, listen, absolutely. I mean, look, this place, Hawk Hill, has not been kind to the Dayton Flyers. I mean, look, you look at the two previous head coaches, Brian Gregory and Archie Miller, they never got a win in Philadelphia at Hawk Hill. Anthony Grant has done that twice since he came here back in, in his five years. So he's done things on the road that some of the coaches who, who, did, who uh, Archie Miller and Brian Gregory, who have NCAA tournament wins, could not do. And you, you have to give Coach Grant and the coaching staff a lot of credit. And you mentioned, John, that one and three start. Since that start, Dayton's 18 and five. 18 and five. That's pretty good. And you add it up to a 19 and eight record. So Dayton is really, the, the chemistry of this team is just so much better compared to last year. How many road losses, John, you think about taking care of business against the bottom feeders of the A 10. You and I have talked about this so much. In order to advance and finish in that top four of the A-10, you got to take care of business against the bottom feeders in your conference. Well, last year, Dayton did not do that. They lost at home to LaSalle, lost on the road at Fordham and at St. Joe's. And you and I did feedback for both those shows at Fordham and St. Joe's, 
and the St. Joe's game was 97-84. The Hawks embarrassed them. Well, this year, Dayton has taken care of business on the road at St. Joseph's, at Duquesne, at GW. An improving GW team, yes. But Dayton has avoided those landmines, something they did not do a year ago. And the, the team chemistry and just the way we are seeing this team is just, it's so much different than how we look at it from earlier in the season. It doesn't take away that one and three start, and it hurts Dayton's resume, but the optics of this team is just so much better than it was to start this season. And you got to give the coaching staff and the players a lot of credit for staying together and continuing to play solid basketball and getting a 12-point win on the road today. Yeah, and it's impressive to me, Tizzy, because of the situation that they're in when it comes to their NCAA tournament hopes, um, that they, because of November, have left themselves very little, if any, room for error going forward. And Larry alluded to that in the pregame, saying, look, if you're trying to chase the A-10 tournament, uh, the A-10 regular season title, and you've got NCAA tournament aspirations, because Tizzy somehow, some way, they have climbed back into the at-large conversation. Lenardi had them in the first four out just a couple weeks ago, right before the St. Louis game. Well, then they dropped that one, and then they switched spots. Lenardi drops Dayton off the map, puts St. Louis in that. Well, now St. Louis has come back down to earth a little bit. Well, now coming into today, Tizzy, Joey Brackets, who watched this game in person because he does the color analyst work for the St. Joe's radio network, he had Dayton before today somehow in the next four out. So he's got them just on the wrong side of the bubble, even those three quad four losses on their resume, uh, even considering those. So they've got no room for error going forward because they've just got to keep putting these games away. And with the pressure that's on them to do that, I just think it's impressive that they keep uh, stuffing the barn with hay and taking care of business and, and working towards... Tiz, we're not talking about just them trying to get a top four seed. I mean, it is it is completely reasonable... This team is thoroughly in the hunt for the A-10 regular season title and the number one overall seed in this tournament. I mean, you've got, um, you split with St. Louis and VCU, so that'll come down to, you know, some tiebreakers, but they still have a chance at Davidson uh, if they keep coming on this collision course. I mean, we could very well be looking at a March 5th senior night that, like in years past, Tiz, winner of that one at UD Arena in a couple of weeks, two weeks from today, in fact, Yeah. we could be in a situation where winner of that game takes the Atlantic 10 regular season title. Very, very much so. So there is a, still a lot of college basketball left to play. And you look at the last four games, they host UMass on Wednesday night. Then they're at LaSalle next Saturday at, at, at our favorites, uh, the Tom Gola Pool Hall Gymnasium. <laughs> and then they go to Richmond. Richmond coming off uh, a uh, – they did not look good last night. In that no, they, got last night. they got they thumped last night. They got thumped. Yeah. Boy. That, that second half, it was they were up at one point, 20-20, and then VCU just took it to them in the second half. And then, of course, they played Davidson, and they're playing St. Louis as we speak. So we're going to see what happens at the end of the day if the Flyers, in fact, are going to be in a tie for first place. But, again, this is about taking care of business, and you got to take care of business against the against the teams you got in your own conference and that's what the flyers were able have been able to do since the st louis game because folks you look at the bottom you look at the schedule that dayton's had to play the last four games duquesne george washington no are they are they at the top of the a10 no but you still have to win and play play those games and beat those teams and dayton's done that they've won four games in a row and I they had to grind that one out the other night against Rhode Island. That was about as impressive of a road win that Dayton has had all year. And then 
against St. Joseph's. Yeah, sloppy at times in the second half, but for the most part, John, they controlled this game. Their defense really did that, controlled this game throughout much of the much of the day, and they were able to win by by 12 points in a place where they've only won twice since the year 2000. And good for the Flyers, good for this team that's getting better and better, where Mally Smith gets a double-double, 16 points and 10 rebounds. Colby Elvis, 13 points to Monty Camaro with 12, and Deron Holmes with 18 points. And five players in double figures, you get that kind of balanced scoring from this team. You're going to be in a lot of games and likely win a lot of games. Thing to, that's the thing, Tiz, is that their defensive consistency, I mean, they're playing at an elite level defensively. That That is going to be something that, it, 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 because it is so consistent, their defensive effort, they can survive off shooting nights. Now, tonight really wasn't one of them, being able to score 74 points, but they are so consistent on that end of the floor that they can weather poor shooting nights, and they are going to be in just about every game they play going forward, every game they play going forward. I don't want to couch it that way. They will be in every game going forward if they are able to continue to keep up this defensive intensity. And really, they did tonight, Tizzy, because Josh Pastorino, former Flyer Josh Pastorino, was talking with Larry in between the under 12 and under 8 in the first half. Josh Pasto was already talking about Tizzy. Hey, UD's playing the game they want. They're making St. Joe's work for shots. They just need a few more stops to get the lead to, let's say, 10 is what Pasto said, and sort of get them to a working margin and and push them out to an arm's length. And really, they did. I mean, they, they were up 12 at one point in the first half. That was their biggest lead in the first frame. The lead is eight at halftime. And really, you look at the four media timeouts in the second half, Tiz, they're up 14, 10, mm-hmm. 15, and 12, which ended up being the final margin. So really, Dayton controlled this game from very early on, got the Hawks out to an arm's length and just stiff-armed them the rest of the way. Uh, and they were just taking swings at the Flyers like uh, like Rick Moranis in that scene from Spaceballs, you know, with uh, <laughs> Lone Star. He can't, he just can't quite reach him as he's taking swings. Um, yes. <laughs> so, but it was good because you know, at one point Pasto even said, "Look for Dayton just to keep pushing." As Anthony mentioned in his post game comments, we can be uh, in a hurry on offense without feeling rushed. Right. And at one point, Pasto was saying, "You know." Tis the Hawks had no idea what they were doing defensively, and, and Dayton took full advantage of that in a balanced offensive effort, and, and they take care of business. And at this point, it's just encouraging to, to see them continue to, to stay hot in, as we turn the calendars to late-ish February, getting towards March. And here they are at 19-8 and and 11-3, and and depending on how this Davidson and St. Louis game that, is getting, that just tipped 15 minutes ago, Tis, depending on how that shakes out, we could have ourselves a three-way tie. Uh, at the top of the Atlantic 10 standings by the end of tonight. Davidson up 5 nothing very early in that one with 18.36 left. So we'll see how it goes. But again, depending on how how that St. Louis-Davidson game swings, we'll see if we've got a, a, a three-way tie atop the A-10. If not, Tiz, I mean, Dayton's still in a great spot. E- even if yep. Davidson pulls out this win, Tiz, they're a game back, a first with four to go. I mean, that's a really good situation yep. to be in. And one of those, by the way, against Davidson. Yep. And absolutely, and you still and there's still four games left to go. One of those games against Davidson were likely winner of that game. Should both teams should Davidson win today, or even yeah, should Davidson even win today, and and everyone takes care of business. Dayton and Davidson could be for the number for the A10 championship in the regular season at championship in the number one overall seed. So there is still a lot to play for uh, before it 
uh, before uh, you get you get to Washington D.C. in the Atlantic Ten tournament. You mentioned Dayton's defense. Dayton's defense, especially in conference play, has just been terrific. They came into this game at giving up just less than fifty six points a game, and that's just the defense for Dayton has just been terrific all throughout the season. As you know, the size of Deron Holmes. I mean, how, I know Josh talked about this during the broadcast, but his size just presents so many, so much problems for teams as they try to go to the basket. Holmes, maybe not getting, you know, blocking every single shot, but his size is, was just giving St. Joe's all kinds of problems as they were trying to get back into this game. And I just have been very impressed with the way that this team has really improved defensively as the season has progressed. Um, but also, I've been impressed also with how this team has grown offensively. Look at, uh, for example, Kobe Elvis. He he is really one of the thing concerns I had, John, coming into this season. We haven't talked a whole lot about this, but Kobe Elvis has really taken on that role as that shooting guard. Uh, who is going to be that guy? Because Mally Smith has become the point guard. Well, Kobe Elvis now he's now assumed that role to be the number two, to be that shooting guard. Um, came into this game shooting nearly 52% in conference play from three-point range. How about this? Nearly 52% from the field, and he had 13 points. And he also had two fouls coming into in the first half, and he has been really solid. And I think this has helped Dayton so much. His play has really helped Dayton to give that stability in the backcourt because I don't think they had that in non-conference play, but Kobe has given them that kind of stability in that number two position, and he can play the number one point guard position, the number one slot when Mally Smith needs a blow. So I think Colby Elvis's play has really helped this team uh, during the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, offensively, he has really become consistently their third uh, their third punch between Holmes, Smith, and Kobe Elvis, and then Kamara, too. That's four, really. Yeah. Uh, but, man, Tizzy, he was doing some stuff today. He had that filthy... Dirk Nowitzki looking turnaround jumper yeah. off one leg, and I thought, oh man, that is that is just disrespectful to that St. Joe's defender. But it was that was pretty, and when he's doing that kind of stuff, you know he's feeling it. So, thirteen from Kobe Elvis uh, today. Uh, Deron Holmes, as you mentioned, Tizzy Pace the Flyers with eighteen. Mally Smith just doing Mally Smith things. This is a very uh, Malachi Smith like day. Tizzy sixteen yeah. points, ten boards. Six assists, just a four assists shy of that triple double for Mally. That's that's just an incredible afternoon from him. Yeah. Tamani Kamara in double figures with twelve and four. Kobe Brea with ten off the bench for Dayton. Um, and I think you make a good point, Tizzy, with with Kobe Elvis, with him becoming consistently that offensive threat. That's really going to do wonders for Dayton. Yeah. Also defensively, Tiz, they're nearly a top thirty defensive efficient defensive efficiency efficiency. Easy enough for me to say. Yes. Their defensive efficiency. They're nearly top 30 in Ken Palm. They're 33. Just an idea of some teams that are ahead of them. Oklahoma, South Carolina, Seton Hall, Villanova, and TCU are the teams immediately in front of them. So Dayton, nearly a top 30 defensive team when it comes to Ken Palm rankings. So that's getting it done. Uh, that is playing defense at a high level. And as we mentioned, Tiz, that is what is keeping them in all of these games, and especially in these road games. Uh, they're just putting away bad teams. And it's encouraging to see because they are you know, 20-plus points better than Duquesne and GW, and 12 at least points better than St. Joe's, because these are games that, you know, historically, when Dayton has no room for error going down, um, you know, the stretch when it comes to their tournament hopes, these are the games that Dayton fans go, 
I don't know, you know, before going into them, but they have just taken care of business at, at almost virtually every turn on the road so far this year. Absolutely. And in years past, you'd be thinking going into St. Joe's, I'm like, oh boy. But you know what? Dayton, for the most part, yeah, St. Joe's had the lead a couple of times in the first half, but Dayton really seized control of this game uh, throughout the first half. They played, they played, I think, one of their better halves of basketball in the first half with 38 first half points. And, you know, you know, I'm not going to say they played a horrible second half. At times, they were, yes, sloppy, as, as Josh mentioned during the broadcast. Free throw shooting is is a concern for me. There was a point I was thinking during the game, uh, are they going to start going with a hack-a-shack on Deron Holmes and send him to the line? But uh, Deron uh, made made them think twice about that when he made those two free throws to put the Flyers up 67-53. I was mentioning Kobe Elvis. Let me throw uh, to Monty Kamara, give him some praise. Remember, everyone was kind of concerned with Tamani Kamara when he was taking those threes to start the uh, non-conference play. Well, since coming into today's game, he was shooting 46% from three-point range, 13 to 28. And I don't, I'm, I'm going to give me a second to pull the numbers up. Two went uh, one of two from three today and was five of seven from the field. Uh, was hampered by the foul trouble, had two fouls and had, had got his third in the early part of the second half. That kind of limited his minutes a little bit, but he, he had a good quiet 12 points today. So Tamani has, has picked up his play, and another reason why the Flyers have played well. So both here here in the conference play. So not just Kobe Elvis, but Tamani Kamara has also really picked up his play uh, during the conference season as well. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tiz, he was an even 50%, one of two from beyond the arc today. Stat drop from Josh Pastorino. Tumani shooting 54% coming into tonight from beyond three-point arc in his last seven games. That is sizzling. It's John Tisdale, John Vidal, and you here for Flyer Feedback, the home stretch of it after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback. It's John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here after a Dayton win. Flyers a 12-point winner on the road, 74-62 over the St. Joe's Hawks. The win improved Anthony Grant and his Dayton Flyers to 19-8 overall, 11-3 in Atlantic 10 play. And depending how the rest of the day shakes out in the conference, uh, we could have a three-way tie between uh, a top the A-10 for first place. If Davidson drops uh, at at St. Louis, which they are uh, in the middle of that game right now, we will have a three-way tie between Davidson, VCU, and Dayton atop the A-10 slate. So as we look around the rest of the conference today, of course, Dayton winners 74-62 uh, around the league, and this scoreboard's not loading for me, Tizzy, so we'll try to get back to that later. But at any rate, we'll keep an eye on St. Louis and Davidson because that's going to be important for the standings. Also, Dayton, Tizzy, somehow, some way, with those awful three quad four by game losses in November is yeah. still peering through that at-large window that's, that's open for them. J- Joe Lenardi has them as the next four outs, so just on the wrong side of the bubble. I don't know what their at-large fate is going to be. Look, if they can nab an at-large bid, that's great. That is what we are after every single year. I'm not going to try to predict that because I'm not a bracketologist. Here's the only thing I'll say to keep in mind, Dayton fans, particularly 
with their resume, which, as we've talked about, is so downright bizarre this year. Just remember, Dayton fan, do you really, really want to put, with those quad four losses, the Dayton Flyers tournament hopes in the hands of the selection committee? That's I'm just saying, let's just think about that going forward. To me, Tizzy, I would so prefer just get the auto bid, take it out mm-hmm. of their hands, prevent any boobery uh, from the selection committee from keeping them out, force their hand, make them put you in that bracket and just win the A-10, win the whole thing and be done with it and be breathing easy a little later on Selection Sunday after taking care of business in D.C. Uh, auto bid, I think, preferable. Uh, given their resume. And as we know, Tiz, the bubble will shrink as there's bid stealers elsewhere. So let's just, I'm on the, I'm on the auto bid train. Let's just, let's just remove the drama, win the 810 tournament and not leave it up to the committee's hands. Cause that that would be my preference. Yeah. I'll quote Jake Taylor with the clean version of the Jake Taylor (laughs) and just say, let's, Let's just win, win the whole stinking thing. He didn't say stinking. Let's just, uh, just <laughs> you, right. folks, just l- look it up and you'll know what he really said. There's I can't one use thing that left one to on do. radio. Yeah, it's one thing left to do, and that's win the whole stinking thing. Stinking, all right? But no. Look, do you want to put your fate, your uh, NCAA tournament hopes at the uh, at the hands of the selection committee come selection Sunday, which is coming up No, uh, in a few Sundays from now? No. Win the whole thing, and then you don't have to worry about it. Because, look, the Flyers put themselves into a hole. Um, But what do you do? What's the old saying? If you get yourself into a hole, what do you do? First off, you stop digging. Well, Dayton's done that. They started out 1-3 and since then. They're 18-5. and They're 19-8 and right now going into the game against UMass, and they still got a shot. But you still got to take care of business because you got four conference games left, and you still got a chance to be the number one overall seed in the Atlantic 10 tournament uh, coming up in, in a few weeks. So you can still uh, get some things done because there's still a lot more basketball and a lot more things still on the line before the regular season comes to an end. So no, I wouldn't put my, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my hands. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing that yet. Putting my uh, fate in the hands of the selection committee. Cause there's a lot of teams that are on the bubble that are kind of uh, that are going to be saying their prayers, uh, saying a lot of Hail Marys and Glory Bees uh, for the next uh, few weeks as that bubble. Yes, John, you're right. It will shrink. But there's a lot of teams that are in the same situation that the Flyers are in. But uh, hopefully Dayton won't have to do that. Hopefully they can uh, just win it all in D.C. and not have to worry about it, not sweat Selection Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we said, encouraging. Don't get me wrong. Very encouraging that they are somehow yes. – on the radar of guys like Lenardi as, okay, they're they're just on the wrong side of the bubble right now, which is astounding, but encouraging. But my thing is, let's just, the context of, do you really, really want to leave it up to the committee and the whims of that that selection room? So just think about that. So aside from Dayton's 74-62 win, elsewhere around the conference today, one game currently in progress, Davidson and St. Louis, which we've been talking about. It's almost halfway through the first half. Davidson is up. 19 to 9 uh, against St. Louis with 11-16 left in the first half and I got to correct myself that game is not at Chaffetz it's at uh, Belk Arena down in Davidson so that's a home game for the Wildcats they're up 19-9 over St. Louis one other final so far across the league today in a game that I'm sure was just about as much fun as a trip to the dentist UMass 80-74 over LaSalle uh, in that ice hockey 
Katrina there in Amherst, Tizzy. Uh, and then two games on the slate tonight, both at 6 o'clock. Rhode Island and GW will tip down at Foggy Bottom tonight at 6, and also Duquesne at St. Bonaventure. But Dayton a winner this afternoon, 74-62. That's going to do it for us tonight, Dayton fans. We will talk to you on the radio Wednesday for Dayton and UMass, the penultimate ACT word uh, home game for the Dayton Flyers this season. So we will talk to you Wednesday. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdell. Saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go Flyers. Go Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.